0: You're listening to the Be So Good podcast with Colin Pearce. Colin says you are 10 times better than you think. So why not be so good that they simply can't ignore you? Here's your host, Colin Pearce. This is a recording made in front of 650 delegates at the Aged Care Conference at the Adelaide Convention Centre. This is my stage presentation, and if you haven't seen it, I need to give you a couple of explanations. First of all, I get everybody up on the stage to sing Susie Had a Baby, which is a wild and wacky song, but they will have to dance and perform and copy my actions. And then a little later on, I invite one of the members of the audience to come up and I put on his face a ventriloquist mask. You have to picture it, and if you're not quite sure what it looks like, go to my website and look up one of the videos and you'll see it happening to an old friend called Max Hitchens. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this presentation. Need to use your imagination. It's full of energy and laughs and I really love giving it. I'd like you all to stand where you are and assume the handshake position. Don't say anything. I'll tell you what to say. So stand where you are. Assume the handshake position, especially with somebody with whom you're not related, just as I will here, Peter. And say this after me. Say, I'm glad... Oh, now, people, this is disgraceful. It's the last day of a fabulous convention. Surely you can be gladder than that. Now, let's have it with a bit of enthusiasm. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's better. I'm very glad. I'm very glad. In fact, the longer I stand here, the gladder I get. In fact, the longer I stand here, the gladder I get. That the good Lord in great mercy... That the good Lord in great mercy... Did not make me look like you. Did not
1: make me look like you.
0: Hey, and you know the good thing is that you didn't mean it, but you got to say it anyway. (laughs) There are several reasons why you would be glad that the good Lord did not make you look like the person with whom you shook hands. To start with, and probably the prime reason is that that makes you a fabulously unique and special individual. Now, I don't know where you were conceived. It may well have been on the honeymoon bed On the Gold Coast, or for some of you it was probably on the honeymoon bed at the Bay Motel or at Victor Harbour. Maybe you were conceived on the back seat of Grandpa's Dodge convertible at an open-air picture theatre. Maybe it was on the couch at the back room at Nana's. And your parents still never go in there. But you know what, it doesn't matter two hoots where it happened, the fact is that it happened. And when that moment occurred, when all them little tatties lined up at the starting line (laughs) and somebody yelled, let's get down and (laughs) googie, You were the winner. (laughs) And a lot of people wonder whether or not they should be here. You meet people who say, well, I was a bit of an accident. Me. My next brother is nine years older than I am. My father was 50. My mother was 40. I wasn't a post-war boomer accident. I was a post-war boomer prang. (laughs) And I often wondered whether I should have been here. But I am. And now you are. You might as well make the best fist of it. For somebody up in the great eternal planning room decided that the world needed you. And you came into this world struggling and screaming. You came into the first few weeks of life bursting to take your first mouthful of mother's milk. Do you remember seeing your own child? What a precious moment. I saw the birth of all my children, but the most special moment was when that tiny little mouth looked around for the nipple of its mother and started to take life back from that which had been given. I thought that was one of the most holy moments in the universe. Then you struggled to... Crawl, didn't you? First of all, you struggled to sit up. Then you struggled to crawl. You rolled over on your fat little tummy. And then you struggled to stand up. And then you struggled to take your first step. And and if you were lucky enough to see your child take the first step, then you rang straight away to Nana or to your husband or your wife and said, He stepped. He's going to walk now. And you got so excited about it. The baby didn't know what it was all about. But they fell back in the little pilches and squashed and started again. No matter how many times they fell over or how many times you fell over, you could not help but start again. There was a driving force of life inside you. And then you learned to skip. Then, remember? (laughs) And then you learned to whistle. You were six years old. And you'd been trying for months. And finally, you got a sound out. And your eyes nearly fell out of your head. I can whistle. And it had a bit of voice in it when it went. (laughs) And you could sing, and if somebody said play, you'd play. Then you went to school. Roger Von Eck says you were asked 15,000 questions, to which there was only one right answer, and you entered school as a question mark, and you left as a full stop. (laughs) And somehow the fire went out. All of the fire was still there at 15 to 20. It didn't take long for a few knocks and blows and a few people saying you're an idiot and saying you're hopeless, you're too fat, you're too short, you're too pimply, you've lost your hair, g'day fly specs, what's the matter with your face, what's all that mess around your nose, oh it is your face, ho ho, and it didn't take long before you realised that you were a bit of a dork and now you've reached whatever age you are and you're just wondering whether it was worth being here at all. Well I've got news for you. Today I'm going to share with you one very important truth you are 10 times better than you think. Turn to your neighbour and say, did you hear that? Colin Pierce said, I'm 10 times better than I think. Go on, let him have it. <laughs> now, say to the same neighbour, well, that's right. You are 10 times better than you think. Go on. <laughs> now turn to the other neighbour and say, did you hear what he said about me? I'm 10 times better than I think, go on, do it! (laughs) I hope to demonstrate to you that you are in fact something fabulous, best in fact, bigger, more exciting, smarter and talented than you never thought possible. Did you have an autograph book when you were about 10 or 12 years old? Did your mum write in it like my mum did? I I I was looking at it the other day, I left it in my bag, I was going to show it to you, it's all tattered and torn and there's hardly anything left in there. My favourite autograph is the one that says, remember little M, remember little E, put them both together and remember little me, signed Billy Dunn. You know I haven't got a clue who Billy Dunn was. (laughs) But you turn one page over and it says this, and it's signed by my mother. She was a wonderful woman, I've got to tell you that. An absolute dynamo. She died some, what, 10, 12 years ago. My older brothers and I still ask each other, I wonder what granny would have thought of that? We're called her granny. And the children say, gee, I wish granny could see this. And often we go home from town and we've got a new suit or a new tie, and still part of me wants to drive past granny's house just to show her what I've got. She was a dynamo. She was fabulous, probably a bit like your mother. Absolute wonders, mothers, aren't they? and marvellous. Dads are all right. <laughs> but mums, gee, they put up with a lot. And they teach you stuff, my mother taught me my faith. One of the earliest things I heard her say was, you better pray that comes off the carpet. <laughs> she wanted me to be fit and flexible all my life because she used to say almost every day, look at the filth on the back of your neck. And she told me about logic and logical contrast, she said, you stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) And how about this, your mother probably said this too, she taught me about the wonders of Newtonian physics and Einsteinian philosophy and the balance of time and space. You say that again and I'll knock you into next week. (laughs) Aren't they fantastic? Mothers are just marvellous. When my mum died, I was in America and my brothers asked me to, well, I couldn't wait. I had to come home and they asked me to speak at her funeral and I said these immortal words. Some of the nicest, probably the nicest speech I've ever made so I'm rather proud of it, as if I was inspired. Closer to heaven, flying in the plane, got it? I don't know, but I said, Mildred Jessie Cobbledick. Oh yeah, that was her name. She had a funny name, Cobbledick. Uh, Boy, was I glad she married Jack Pierce. (laughs) And she reckoned her name was even funnier backwards, Kittlebot Durdlem. <laughs> I said, Mildred Jessie Cobbledick Pierce spent 82 years dipping the cloth of life into the waters of faith, love, and enthusiasm. And spent those 82 years wringing every last drop from that cloth of life. And that cloth is not now her burial shroud, but it is in fact her coronation robe. And if any of you knew my mother, you'd know that if you ever offered her a cup of tea through which you could see the bottom of the cup, you had about five minutes to live. <laughs> and at a ladies' guild at church, some newcomer would say, "Oh well, I'll go and put the kettle on," and they'd all go, <clears throat> "They'd suck the oxygen out of the whole district to meet Torrens Park and <laughs> Fullerton and then go, <gasps> Milton does the tea." <laughs> I said, that cloth is not now her burial shroud, but it's a coronation robe, and I can see the Savior standing at the gates of heaven saying, oh, Mildred, we've been waiting for you for somebody who knows how to make a decent copper." <laughs> she wrote in my autograph book, you could say this with me probably, good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better best. You are 10 times better than you think. In fact, you are 10 times bigger than you think you are. Now, some of you will be a little offended when I say that. (laughs) Especially the women who are really 16 size and think that we think you don't know and that you're trying to pretend you're size 12s. We know, so don't be afraid of the fact. Now, Graham, I actually got away with that. Usually when I say that, I look straight at a size 20 person. (laughs) But I didn't, I looked at you. I'd like you to turn to the person next to you and say, in the kindest possible way, you are 10 times bigger than you think. (laughs) Now, lest you get me wrong, I want you to transfer to them very positive vibes and I want you to talk to them about their immenseness of personality, their immenseness of future possibilities and their immenseness of human worth. So look at them fair square in the eye and say you are 10 times bigger than you think. Now turn to the other person on the other side and say, he or she said I'm 10 times bigger than I think, so there. (laughs) Robin Hood lay dying. And as he lay dying, he knew it was his last hours. And so he called Maid Marian to his side and he said, sweet Marian, please open the windows of my beloved Sherwood that I can look again on that blessed green verdure. I can never get it to sound like Kevin Costner. It always sounds like a bad case of Sean Connery gone wrong, having spent his life in South Africa. Anyway, he said, and puff up my goose down pillow and let me rest my shoulder against it and call the merry men. And so the merry men came in and she opened the windows and puffed up his pillow and he said, little John, please pass me my spring of you ball fitted with the hide of the king's deer. Will scarlet please pass me an arrow fashioned from English oak Fletched with the feathers of the king's grey goose And little John dear friend put your hand on my head And the rest of you swear an oath on my life As he fiddled with the arrow and pressed the fletched arrow to his lips They all said
1: <laughs> when your life oh friend
0: As he pulled back the arrow he said Where this arrow lands, there will I be buried. And they all said, there will you be buried. He held back the arrow with all, this is not funny. (laughs) Held back the arrow with all his might, and he let fly with the arrow, and they sniffed, and he lay back on his pillow. And true to their word, two days later, they buried him on top of the dressing table. that lady was sensitive (laughs) and she's still wondering what you're laughing at (laughs) you know the trouble with Robin Hood's aim it's like a lot of people that live in Australia my friends his aim was too low and his shot was too short and how many people do you know who you might even live with or work with whose aim is too low and his shot is too short and they have no idea that their future is immense fabulous and they have an enormous amount of worth and good to do in the world We all know somebody like that, do we? Gosh, I hope there's nobody like that here. No, I've had a good look. That's not true. I wonder if you'd shut your eyes for a moment, put your hands, just relax them, put your feet flat on the floor and uncross them and just take a deep breath. Close your eyes and I'll take you on a little tiny meditation. It's not spooky. It's just a picture of you in three to five years' time. Look, I know that there's a massive nurse shortage. I know there's an enormous amount of paperwork that you and the administrators and nursing staff have to do. I know that this is a fabulous boom industry that's going on for years to come and you just wonder how you're going to cope. But I wonder if I could just take you out of Loxley Castle, across the lawns, into the forest, and just come with me toward your future. Let's say it's three to five years' time. Just pick how old you'll be. You'll be in your prime or whatever it is. I want you to see people coming towards you with a handout congratulating you for the improvement in your own personal status for improvement in your own personal growth, for improvement in the amount of good you've been able to do for others, whether it is in the home or homes that you administer, whether it's in the services you provide, whether it's in the staff management that you conduct. But you have improved. You've got bigger. You've employed better people. Or you've made the people you have now better in themselves just because they've met with you. And maybe somebody, maybe a committee member or a chair from here is giving you a special award at a convention like this in three to five years for services to the aged care industry. And there's your own family coming out now, a bit like this is your life, and they're all looking and saying, great job. You not only did this, but you got a life into the process. We're so proud of you. You make us better when we're with you. Now see that. Breathe it in. Is it an increase in salary or an increase in satisfaction? But it's something wonderful that's taken place in the next three to five years. Problems going, the future being bigger. Breathe that in once more. Now open your eyes, come back through the forest, the dew and the pines. Come back into the room with us. Now, turn to that person next to you and whisper in a very meaningful voice, see, you are ten times bigger than you think. Go on. Now, I want to assure you that you're also 10 times more exciting than you think. Turn to the person next to you and say, and you're 10 times more exciting than you think. (laughs) Now, turn to the person on the other side and say, did you hear that? I am 10 times more exciting than I think. Now, just to demonstrate that, I'm going to show you how exciting you are. Now, I would like you all to take your baby in your arms like this, all of you. Come on, shiny. Just because you've you got a serious facial wound because you're shaved with your eyes shut. And say these words after me. Susie had a baby. Oh, come on, speed it up a bit. We'll be here all day. Susie had a baby. She called him Tiny Tim. She put him in the bathtub to see if he could swim. He drank up all the water. He ate up all the soap. He tried to eat the bathtub, but it wouldn't go down his throat. So Susie called the doctor, Susie called the nurse, Susie called the lady with the alligator purse, in came the doctor, in came the nurse. And in came the lady with the alligator purse. Mumps, <laughs> said the doctor. doctor. Measles, said the nurse. Tickabuck, said the lady with the alligator purse. <laughs> so out went the doctor, out went the doctor. and out went the, out went the nurse, and out went the lady with the alligator purse. All you people in the front row, divide evenly, come up on the stairs and be my choir. Here we go, come on, come on. Come on, Alan Stewart. All of you, come on, darling, all the way. Come on, shy boy. Run, 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 we haven't got all day. Run, 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 have a little fun, in and out the shadows, in and out the sun. We'll have a little contest here, and the best lady with the alligator purse gets to take home Uncle Colin's billabong songs, the only cassette tape in the whole wide world that I cannot sell, but whenever you give it to somebody whose child you adore, but whose parents you hate, will guarantee to drive the parents insane. Come step on the line, please, and you stand up and join in. Thank you, Greg. Let's have the music. you are got to sing fast because it goes waka, 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 and I need it fairly loud, so let it happen.
1: <laughs> Susie had a baby she called it
0: Now. You can sit down. Okay, vote now. Loudest wins. Shy bloke. Oh, a couple of claps. Uh, spiky lady. Stripey lady. Uh, um, uh, Tan pants. Tan top. Red vest. Hmm, Demure and quiet blue lady. The old geezer that spoke the other day. (laughs) Hey! And a weirdo on the end. All right! Congratulations! You obviously have no joy in your life. You're that desperate to get that one. Will you thank the rest of them, please, and send them away with a big round of applause? You know what? Somebody said to me, what inspires you, you, Mr. Motivator? What inspires you? Well, it's a a clear sense of purpose that inspires me. In a nutshell, it's to wake up every morning like the sun and be a total threat to darkness. (laughs) Couldn't that inspire you? Doesn't that make a person exciting? Makes your Generation Y kids terrified of you, Peter. Hello. Well, you actually did that. I'll show them the videotape of this, and say, "What do people think when you do that?" (laughs) Well, you're not taking the guitar. You can't even play. (laughs) What if we meet people in the street afterwards and they say, "You're his kids, aren't you?" You are exciting. You really are exciting. You've got so much energy, so much creativity, so much drive inside you. It would sink a battleship if it were turned into power. You're more exciting than you think. Next, you know you are 10 times smarter than you think. B-E-S. Smarter. Turn to your neighbour and say, you're also 10 times smarter than you think. (laughs) Turn to the other person and say, did you hear that? I'm 10 times smarter than I think. I should have known that I was smart. I had a smart mother, two smart brothers. They kept telling me I was smart, but somehow it didn't sink in. I was the little boy in Sunday school that was always bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, so I'd get to do the 23rd Psalm on Mother's Day. I'd get to do Psalm 100 on Father's Day. I'd get to do Wee Willie Winky at the kindergarten play. I was the kid that had his own puppet show at age 10, charged admission to Mrs. Conkey and Mrs. Davis, and they laughed themselves silly and gave me a penny each. They thought it was wonderful. I I should have known that I was smart and talented, but somehow I didn't. I thought I was a cheat, because people used to say, oh, P.S.U. just a show-off. And nobody ever said, you know, you have a great potential to do this. I went in speaking Steadford's him reading Esteford's, Graham, him reading you <laughs> Your impromptu hymn reading in the Flinders Street Baptist Church. Colin, hymn number 85 to <laughs> Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. <laughs> I won. I was fabulous. <laughs> I won all your steadfasts. You know what my big brother said to me? He said, what are you doing all that sissy stuff for? You never make a living talking. (laughs) (laughs) How's life at the bank, Freddy? (laughs) I should have known I had a gift, but I didn't. Nobody seemed to tell me. They always used to say, you're you're a smart aleck, aren't you? You're a smart aleck. You're just a smart aleck and a show off. I did a preaching class once, and 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 all the kids in the college thought I was fantastic, but the lecturer said, trouble is with you, you're a good preacher and you know it. (laughs) I didn't know. I just wanted to do the best I could. I wanted to get up in the morning and be a total threat to darkness. You know, I was 35 years old before somebody told me I was smart, and by that time I was so convinced I was dumb, I didn't know. And the strange thing is, I'd been a teacher of deaf children, not many people get to do that. I'd topped my class at Greek college studies and whatever I had, uh been in television for six years as an actor and a producer and a presenter and not many people do that. So in some way, I should have woken up that I had a gift in the area of uh, transmuting concepts and ideas into words and actions, but I didn't tweak. I was 35, I went to work with some industrial psychologists for whom I'd made a video training package and they said, well, you know, we always test everybody just to make sure you're in your right niche. So I thought, oh, no, now they're going to find out I'm dumb, because when I was 16, <laughs> I couldn't do any physics. I was hopeless at physics and maths, and chemistry for that matter. And I remember my teacher said, stand up, Piers, answer this question. So I didn't answer the question, didn't know, and he said, "Oh, sit down, Pierce. you're an idiot. And I sat down in my chair and he said, not there, on the floor, like an idiot should. So amongst all these other 16-year-old kids, I sat on the floor in the aisle for the whole lesson. Just soaking in the fact that I was an idiot, a moron, complete. So every time I passed English with a flare or I got top marks in a Greek test or uh, passed theology with a flare again or did well at sales, I just thought it was some kind of cheating. I wasn't really smarter because I was dumb, I'd had to sit in the aisle. 35 years old. He does the test, I shook all the way through it, you know the old bowler hat curve, all the fat people let in, thin people let in, tall people let in, tall people let in, smart people let in, dumb people let in, all the average ones in the middle. I saw all these lines right down the middle, and I saw one right down the flunk end. I oh no, this is it, my life's over. They finally all found out it'll be in the headlines tomorrow, Colin Pearce really is dumb. <laughs> he says, well, Cole, nothing surprises here, and I said, oh, no. He says, there's probably only 1% of the population that's smarter than you at putting concepts into words and action. And I said, yeah, I know. I-, I was sure he had said, you're dumber than 99% of the population. <laughs> It was so clear in my head. I didn't get it. Then he spelled it out and he drew it and he showed it to me. And he said, no, there's only a few people that are better than you at putting thoughts and ideas into words and actions. He said, does that mean I'm really smart at something?
1: He said, oh, mate, <laughs>
0: are you ever in the right job? Well, that changed my life and I, I wanted to scream I wanted to go to the window, open it up and say, why didn't somebody tell me this 30 years ago? I might have changed the world. Instead of just being a threat to darkness, I might have actually done away with the rotten thing altogether. (laughs) Hey, you are smarter than you think. Let me demonstrate. I'm going to bring somebody out here just for a little award today. I think you all are familiar with Mr. Dennis Chamberlain. What a great man he is. I've got a little special award for him myself. And I wonder if you would come. Uh, Dennis, you you know he wears many hats. He's got many faces. And it's been given me this privilege to demonstrate. uh Don't look so reluctant. Just... (laughs) You're an absolute champion. Just an absolute champion. I'd like to give you this little award on behalf of everybody here, um, because of your chairmanship, your leadership. Could You just hold the box. I'll open the gift in front of everybody here. Um, because, of all the, because of all the faces you wear and the hats and so on, I thought we would just give you an extra face and just pop it there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it hurting your glasses no, no, on? That's no, all right? That's fine, <laughs> that's right. Just look at the folks around there. And um, nice little hat to go with it. And tell you what, we'll shove those in there, they look really nice. And there you go. Now look, you just stand there and say hello everybody. Hello everyone, how you going? (laughs) Now you know a bit of body language, I suppose, do you, Dennis? Yeah, 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 I do. You don't actually have to say anything, I'll do all the talking. (laughs) Um, Could you shake your head just to show you know what no means? No, that was nodding,
1: wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I'm silly, so silly, I'll do it. give me another try. Okay, shake your head for no. Oh yeah, I got it now. <laughs> and nod
0: your head for yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, now I got it. And shrug your shoulders for you're not too sure. Well, I certainly don't know what I'm doing up here. <laughs> I know that you've got some big plans for next year and for the coming years ahead. I have? Oh yes, I have, that's right. Uh, first of all, you're going to kick your daughters out, I'm told. No, no, I would love... Yes, yes, it, well, no, what? <laughs> I know you love those daughters of yours, but there's a big event in your life that's happened recently. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, well, tell us what it was. I had lunch with Kevin Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. I love that. <clears throat> Certainly, well, what are some of your big
1: plans? I'm going to sing and dance. What? I'm going to sing and dance. <laughs> yes, I am, I am. And you know what? I'm going to do it now. <laughs> now? Oh, you wouldn't need it, ladies and gentlemen. What a treat. <laughs>
0: well, let's ask the audience. What do you think? Would you like him to sing now? Yeah. Hey, there you go. Oh, it's all right. Look, we'll just get that off your little nosy wozy posy a bit there. Now, look, uh, what are you going to sing? Something nodding. All right. Well, what do you
1: think you might sing? A twinkle, twinkle, little star. <laughs> oh, I love that one. I've always loved that one. I sing that to my wife before I go to sleep at night. She loves it too. Here we go. I'll sing it for you. Here we go. I'm going to do the actions. All right? Yeah. yeah, do the action. Wanting to do the actions? Yeah. Oh, all right then. I don't know about this. Uh, I, I suddenly got shy. Twinkle, twinkle. Uh, I, was, I was a little bit slow then, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah,
0: we're a bit, but that's all right.
1: Twinkle, twinkle, little. Is that a star or a diamond? I, I think all I'm right. doing the diamond too early, aren't I? Yes, you might be. Twinkle, twinkle, a little. Uh, no, hang on. Oh, yes, those. Is that right? Uh, Up in the air? One one more shot. Here I go. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. I wonder what you are. (laughs) And what I'm doing up here, yes. (laughs) Uh, Like a diamond Ah, there's a diamond. That's right. Like a diamond in the sky. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Wait for my big finish, Carl. You'll love this. Evil one, they what you. Oh, you were beautiful.
0: Whoops, one out for the specs. What a champ! You see, you are smarter than you ever thought possible. They love you, and they said you were the least likely person to work out how to find a lawyer to sue me. So. Thank you. You can sit down and see me later, and I'll All give right. you one of my green books to help you manage and lead without losing sleep. <laughs> Couple of sex, great. You weren't watching, were you? Neither was I. <laughs> I'm having a good time. It's good here, isn't it? I love a good audience, don't you? Love a good audience. I, I dreamed the other night I was speaking in front of 5,000 people. Then I woke up and realised I was. <laughs> That's a frightening thought. Turn to the person next to you and say, BEST, you're 10 times bigger, 10 times more exciting, 10 times smarter, now say, you are 10 times more talented than you think. <laughs> Turn to the other person and say, I am 10 times more talented than I think. Now say, and Colin Pierce said I'm 10 times more talented than I think, go on. And he'd know because he write books. In fact, I've loved this so much I'm going to order all of them. You're not going with the flow here. Where's uh, Greg Mundy? Is he here? Uh, you're not known as a funny man, are you? Is he known as a funny man? Well, I'm just going to show you how funny he can be. He's got such talent you wouldn't believe it. Just come on up here. What a funny, funny man. Now, here's a little song. You were so good at singing the other song, I'll get you to sing this song now. And it goes like this. Down by the sea, down by the sea, where the watermelons grow, where the watermelons grow. Back to my home, back to my home. I dare not go, I dare not go. For if I do, for if My mother would say, my mother would say Have you ever seen a fish do a hula in a dish Down where the watermelons grow Oh, 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 no Now, there's some pictures in there And you just hold them here in front Hold them up, that's it On the count of three, here we go Down by the, this is a practice See, where the watermelons grow to my home I dare not go the dare not go is the next one go for if I do my mother would we're looking for a mother there somewhere my no, no, no be the next one I think my mother 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 would say have you ever seen a fish 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 Fish, do a hula in a dish, down where the watermelons grow, oh, 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 no, no. Right, now we'll do it at the right speed. Here we go. Down by the sea, down by the sea, where the watermelons grow, where the watermelons grow. Watermelons, here. Watermelons. Back to my... Oh, I always get an organised one. I bet his office looks like a funeral parlour. Look, back to my home. We're looking for home. we got home yet? Home. I dare not go,
1: for if I do, my mother would say. Have you ever seen a fish, do a hook, killing a dish?
0: You know what? what? You're 10 times more talented than you think. <laughs> you can go and sit down and give them a really big round of applause. You're 10 times better than you think. Say so I'm 10 times better than I think. I'm 10 times bigger than I think. I'm 10 times more exciting than I think. I'm ten times smarter than I think. Ten times I'm ten times more talented than I think. Pick up your bow and arrow and stand there with the feathers fletched right up next to your lips. Go on, stand right up now. And look out into the forest, into that spot where you saw yourself in three to five years' time being fabulous. And say under your breath See, I can get there. See, I, can get there. I, am there. I am there. This is me. Stand back, here I come. Stand back, here I come. Let it fly. <laughs> now, according to your faith and determination, be it unto you. You are ten times better than you think. Thank you. You've been listening to Be So Good with Colin Pearce. Please share the link with someone who needs to be reminded that they are ten times better than they think. For more episodes, check out the playlist at colinpearce.com slash podcast. And don't forget to drop a review in iTunes.
1: It really does make a difference.